Hi everybody, it's Damien here. I hope that you are as well as can be expected mentally and physically. Um, I am under lockdown too right now, we all are. I just got the last plane out of South Africa. Um, I was doing a big book tour, you might have seen. I was in Australia at the Adelaide Festival. I was in New Zealand at the Verb Festival in Wellington and I was down in Tunisian as well and then I went on to South Africa and then I just got the last flight back to the UK and I was touring with You Will Be Safe here and for me this bit of the tour just before the paperback comes out was sort of emotionally saying goodbye in a way uh, to the book because I was taking it back to South Africa which is where it is set entirely in 1900 and now, so that was always going to be a big thing for me to take it back to the place where it came from. And I have to tell you, it was incredible. I'm going to give you a wee reading from a bit of the book in a moment. But before I do that, I wanted to tell you about some of the people that I met on tour. Because for me, meeting readers just, it completes the book. Readers always tell you their stories. And for me, sometimes I wish I could meet them before I finished writing the book because they tell you stuff that's really useful. Um, but in this instance, or as in every instance, you don't get to do that. You, you get to meet readers after. And that's more than enough. In the Adelaide Festival, a woman stood up to ask a question and she said really casually, my father fought in the Boer War. And then she went on to ask a question and I thought, your father... This woman looked like she was in her 50s. She was actually in her 70s um, and she's a bookseller. And yeah, her father fought in the Boer War and he never had any time for the English. He would always turn over the cricket if the England team were winning the Ashes. Um, but um, she never could work out why her father didn't like the English so much. And then eventually when he was 16, he told her, which was that he went as a boy to fight um, he thought he was fighting for queen and country in South Africa and he said he got there and he saw children behind barbed wire in these British concentration camps and he realised that he was fighting for gold and diamonds and that for him was that. And so she sort of dedicated her life in a way um, to making people aware of the war that her father fought in and she always visits the Boer War memorials wherever she goes and actually there is a really interesting good big one in Adelaide because the Boer War was the first foreign war that Australia fought in and the same is also true for New Zealand when I was in Wellington um, troops left from the harbour there to go to uh, to South Africa and then when I was in Dunedin which is right all the way down on the tip of the South Island I did an event there with the lovely Liam McIlvany in the City Library and this man came up to me afterwards and he didn't wait to have his book signed or anything, he just came up and he just wanted to speak to me for a minute and he was trembling, absolutely trembling and he was South African and he said to me, um, I had to leave South Africa in the 80s because I thought I was going to get killed because I'm gay, he said and I always hated this Afrikaans masculinity and I hated... Um, the way they, they treated people and I, and I couldn't bear it he said and then I read your book and he said and it broke my heart open and it gave me a way back to trying to love my country and honestly I was in bits it was just very intense and these are just a couple of the massively intense emotional stories that people have shared with me on this tour and it's been a real privilege um, to go around the world with this book 
and hear stories from all kinds of people from all over the world about their own experiences of abuse and survival and containment and um, all the themes that the book touches on. So thank you to everybody who came to an event um, and who shared a story with me. Now, you will be safe here is about to come out in paperback. I was supposed to be doing a paperback tour. I would have been launching it at the Golden Hair in Edinburgh on the 25th of March and then doing other bits all over the country, Gaze the Word, Waterstones and Brighton, all my favourite bookshops. But alas and alack, I am not. Um, I am here in Brighton and you are wherever you are. And so what I'm going to do instead of doing a whole load of events that I can't do um, is read to you a wee bit from the book. And this is a bit that I've not put on our podcast before, but it's a bit that I always read out. Um, and it's the scene that inspired the cover of the paperback. So if you look at the paperback, it's kind of greens and blues and it's the back of a boy and he's walking into water. And it's just, I mean, it's a mesmerising and inviting paperback, which is what you want it to be. A couple of things about that. First of all, it's from my favourite scene in the book. Um, and secondly, if you want to hear some music, when you look at that picture or you hear this scene, you can think about R.E.M.'s Night Swimming, which is what I was listening to when I wrote it. And thirdly, not that it matters, the boy on the cover really looks like me at that age. Like, my husband did the double take. He said, I just can't believe it. It's very... It's very intimate and familiar. So anyway, here is a wee bit um, from later on in the book, which is what inspired the cover. Now, assuming you know nothing about it at all, um, this is set in 2015. Um, it's in a contemporary camp run by former soldiers in South Africa. These soldiers are brutal. Uh, they believe that uh, a, a day is dawning where the last white people are going to be swept out of Africa Um and they are determined that this not take place. So they're running these racist paramilitary camps. And our main character, uh, Willem, or Willem um, has been sent to this place by his mum and his stepdad. Because he doesn't fit in. He likes books more than he likes football. Um, he likes animals and plants more than he likes people. He's got a lot of familiar qualities for me. Anyway, um, this camp is a terrifying place. But like all places where people are put together there is friendship and his friend is Gerdenhuis. Now I'm saying it like that, it's actually Gerdenhuis, I can't say it, very hard for me to say, I should have given him an easier name, lots of Afrikaans people corrected me, Um, Afrikaans speaking people corrected me on this quite rightly, Um, but Gerdenhuis is his friend and Gerdenhuis is waking him up, it's the middle of the night, Willem can't swim, um, so Gerdenhuis is giving him a midnight swimming lesson. "'Shh!' whispers Gerdenhaus as he lifts his hand from Willem's mouth. "'It's warm and wet, cooling quickly in the night air. "'It's me.' Willem sits up and rubs his eyes. Gerdenhaus walks over to the flap of their tent and peeks out while Willem wriggles out of the fug of his sleeping bag and steps into his boots. "'What are you doing?' Willem whispers. "'Don't.' Moonlight, or maybe starlight, floods in as Gerdenhaus steps out. For a moment, Willem is alone and unsure what to do. Then Gerdenhaus pokes his head back in and says, Come on. When they're both out, Gerdenhaus raises a silencing finger to his lips, as if Willem needs to be told, and jerks his head to say, Follow me, as he heads towards the parade ground and the pond. Willem is acutely aware of every sound. 
all the night noises the air conditioning in the city normally drown out. There are crickets, as always, but also the high chit of swooping bats. There will be scorpions too, and other things you don't want to stand on in the dark, but they are all predator silent. Above all this, the stars shine. Willem pauses for a moment and feels the world turn as he struggles to pick out the Southern Cross among the interstellar static. He's never seen a sky so big or bright. It's dizzying and he spins slowly to take it all in, stumbling as Gerdenhus comes back to take his arm and pull him along. They stop at the pond. Less than time, whispers Gerdenhus, pulling his t-shirt over his head. His chest is smooth and silver in the starlight, like a knight's armour. Willem looks back at the tents, then turns to find Gerdenhus already sitting down with his feet in the water. Get in, he urges, and pats the side of the pond. Willem kicks his boots off without untying the laces, then undoes his trousers so they slide down at the same time as he pulls his t-shirt over his face. He leaves everything in a pile where he can easily grab it from the water. His white boxers glow embarrassingly. As he sits down, his friend slips into the pond, barely breaking the surface. The water seems to welcome him. It's not cold, says Gerdenhus, who does seem to be shivering. Promise. And there are no leeches. Probably. Willem pushes himself off the edge, and as his head disappears below the surface, he kicks and comes up panting. Shh, says Gerdenhus, reaching his side with just a few strokes. Don't panic. Hold the edge if you want, or my arm, or whatever. Just breathe. And shush. Willem keeps one hand on the muddy bank and his friend holds the other and amazingly he's not drowning. They stay like this for a few minutes as the ripples clear and the silence settles again. Gerdenhus stays high in the water keeping an ear out for Volker or the dogs. The surface of the pond mirrors the sky so they float in stars. Willem doesn't want to move. Right, says Gerdenhus, I'm going to let go. No, Willem pleads, don't, I'll... You'll float, says Gerdenhus. You know you will. Don't panic. I'll let go and then you let go with your other hand and just lie back and keep breathing and you'll be fine like this. He pulls his hand away and Willem splashes for it, but Gerdenhus is already out of reach. Mud blurts between Willem's toes as he pushes himself off the bank into the middle of the pond. He holds his breath and starts to sink and splutter, but Gerdenhus is there and it's okay and suddenly... He's breathing and floating. They're breathing and floating. And even though they can't see one another, each knows the other is there. Willem manages a sort of circle and doesn't even mind when he bumps the muddy sides, just reaches back to wipe his head and knows he'll be all right if he just keeps breathing. He kicks back to the middle of the pond and bumps into Gerdenhus, who's floating quietly on his back. In the water, in the dark... It doesn't matter whose fingers find whose toes. Nobody can see. The stars are saying nothing. Thank you for listening to that. I hope that you enjoyed enjoyed that wee bit of the more present day story. You Will Be Safe Here is published in paperback by Bloomsbury on the 2nd of April. You can still pre-order it from all the usual places. And if you go to um, Hive, which is the indie bookshop service, they'll use the nearest indie bookshop and they will post books out to you. So 
as far as I know, lots of indie bookshops are still posting books and you can still get them. And of course, it's available electronically and as an audio book um, read by the fantastic Luanda Anati Lewis in Whale, um, a South African actor. She is amazing. So if you want to check that out, that's on Audible. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. And thank you again for sharing your stories. <laughs>